If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back to Surf Splendor. This is David Scales, your host as always. And as promised, I'm bringing you an episode today with Derek Riley and Chaz Smith of Beach Grit fame. Beachgrit.com is their website. Ultra hard surf candy is the tagline. If you haven't been, um, you definitely need to check it out. It's really, really entertaining and a cool website. And, um, they're both writers. They come from a writing background. Derek established Stab Magazine, um, I think in 2004, 2005. He, he details that in this episode. Um, but what they're offering with Beach Grit is really new and unique in the surfing world, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, so we get into that and the reason behind launching it and where it's going and all that sort of stuff in this episode. But before we do, we actually just kick off talking about hot topics. So their their bios and kind of intros will come later in the episode. And in fact, um, Chas Smith actually has been a guest on this show in the past. He had him on last year when he introduced his book, um, Welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell, which also highly recommended read, takes place on the North Shore, um, documenting just a lot of the I don't know, the stories of the North Shore, you know, so that's a really good episode. I'll post a link to it in today's show notes. That was episode number 72, I believe. So I'll post a link to it, and then you can, of course, listen to that to get better understanding of Chaz because of that episode. We don't get too much into his background in this episode, but, um, but you know, he's still definitely a part of the conversation. And then we kind of unpack Derek Riley's background a little bit more thoroughly in this episode. So um, if you're new to the show, I assume there's new listeners kind of coming off of Derek's fan base. Welcome. We do um, an interview profile piece like this every other week. And then in the alternating weeks, we do surf news episodes that are just kind of discussing everything current in surfing. And I do that with my co-host, Scott Bass. So surf news one week and then interview profile pieces the next week and 
you know, weekly episodes of the show. So that's the format here. Everything is available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. All past episodes are archived. And then everything that we discuss in this show, um, videos, articles, all those things are all on our website as well. So you can go there and see the visuals that accompany everything that we're talking about in the show. You could also leave comments and engage in this conversation, share your thoughts. And then on social media, we're at Surf Splendor, Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of thing. All right. So if you're listening to the show in iTunes, I encourage you to rate and review the show. That helps other people to find it. And other than that, just enjoy. Share it with friends. That's all that we ask. We'll keep producing the content if you keep spreading the good word. All right. Without further ado, Derek Riley and Chas Smith. WSL. More Ronnie or more Rosie? You can only pick one. What's your call? It's easy for me. Derek, I'll let you go first. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rosie. I think Rosie's one of the smartest, most beautiful women I've ever ever met and talked to. We, we photographed her for Stab Magazine. I remember. <clears throat> and... Um, and she's really into literature, and I had to drive her from the Gold Coast to Byron Bay where we did the shoot, and she knew every book that I'd read, and she'd read some really obscure books, and she was slimmer and more beautiful in person, but I'll take Ronnie. Mm. Why Ronnie, then? You just gave a great sales pitch for Rosie. Well, I think Ronnie's even more beautiful than, than Rosie, <laughs> but... Um, Ronnie has Ronnie has a really good understanding of surfing. Yeah, and he is so close to telling it exactly like it is. Yeah, within the boundaries of you know working for a company that you can't burn your bridges. And uh, I think he does a great job. I probably just trim the hair a little bit, lose the Hugh Grant foppish haircut, and maybe tone down the Australian accent. And I think he'd be all time. Interesting, Chaz. Yeah, it's funny. I really have grown to like Ronnie this year. I think. Uh, he kind of sounds kind of marbly in the voice, and I don't necessarily like the Australian accent as much as I used to. I really used to like it. It's funny. Yeah. I used to love do it I before. I do now because I understand it. It took me forever, <laughs> literally. I, I just told Derek, yeah, when he first came over, the first maybe two years, I think I wrote for Stab for a couple years before ever meeting Derek. Maybe it was just a year. felt like a long time. It was a lot of stories. Yeah. I didn't, we would talk on the phone every once in a while. I would not understand a word he said on the phone. And so I would just laugh and say, yeah. He would like pause awkwardly, and then I'd realize, oh, I laughed at the thing that wasn't funny. Or right, whatever. right, right. But yeah, the Australian accent. Then going to Australia, I really liked it there, I think. Uh, but then coming back and hearing Ronnie's. But Ronnie's is pretty good, I reckon, though, yeah? It's not, it's not offensive, is it, Ronnie? For me, for, me, for me, it's a little bit strong. Yeah. And, um, and with Ron, you know when the camera's on him and he can see, see himself in the, uh, in the monitor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I wish there was vision right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few Because, you know, if you had a face like that, of course you're going to mug for the yeah, camera. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. No. The, the thing that made me mad about Ronnie, I think, that grudge, I held a grudge against Ronnie for a while, was the whole Mick Fanning thing. Wasn't it Ronnie? Maybe you don't want to answer. But I think it was Ronnie who was doing mixed PR. At that time, I think Ronnie had been hired as Mick's PR person. It might have, might have been around then. I got a feeling it was after though. But no, I think. It, oh, really? I think it was. And so I think it was Ronnie who told Mick to the plausible deniability and all that kind of stuff with that thing, which always made me think, "Oh, you're a worthless piece of shit because you like that's the worst advice ever to give somebody." What I mean, I feel the the way Mick spun out of that yeah. was the worst 
way that he could have maybe sure in terms of you know like kind of denying and saying that it was oh i was just you know giving the reporter what he wanted to hear whatever like it was a real muddled kind of message which i thought that's an awful pr spin and so then i felt ronnie and i saw ronnie the day after that happened and ronnie and i kind of knew each other a little bit sure and he i told him what happened and he was kind of laughed about it and was like oh that's funny and then going and telling Mick to play it that way to me seemed real right. it just seemed silly and so then I've always held a slight grudge against Ron Blakey so interesting I, to, I would love to get back with him and say yeah Ronnie Blakey was that you I didn't even know that he played that role with Mick I think he did I yeah. might be totally it, it might be real fuzzy yeah it, my, my memory is always fuzzy and so it might but I, I, I feel pretty firmly that it was him uh, perfect segue to the next question is this the most disappointing title race you've ever seen you got Mick and you got Adriano like for you for me totally yeah. it's it's crushingly disappointing and uh, I would love Adriano to win at this point just really? because I think I mean I think that oh, Rory God. wrote it didn't Rory write that he would Rory Parker yeah yeah on Beach Grit uh that just the the shitstorm that it would cause if Adriano won would be amazing to watch just the amount of of vitriol and anger and rage yeah directed at poor little Adriano and Adriano's a nice kid have you talked to Adriano yeah he's a lovely boy yeah, yeah. I, I really like Adriano personally I've grown to love him just like through his post-heat interviews basically yeah, yeah. You know, seems really humble seems to be taking care of a lot of people back at home all that sort of a- stuff I think Adriano's completely genuine yeah and or from he gets very mistreated in the press. I think. Complete, like completely mistreated, and and doesn't deserve it. I don't know what he, what did Adriano deserve? Is it, but is it in the press or is it just in on the internet? Both, I think. Really? I think I think it'd be rare to find a journalist who was a big fan of Adriano. But I, I think he's I think he's a beautiful surfer and, and a great you know not a great guy because I don't know him that well. But I think he's a fairly compelling figure. But I agree with Chaz and I agree with Rory. That uh, Adriano World Title would not serve the interests of uh, professional <laughs> surfing, right? Right. <clears throat> but as far as the World Title show go down, goes down, it's um, I think it could be the could be the best one ever, like '95 yeah. when Kelly came back, you know, through through Sunny and, and yeah. Machado and stuff to win it. It could be the worst because I wrote a story on Beach Grid that Felipe could get second last, Mick gets second last, everyone else gets fifths and ninths, whatever. And Felipe right. wins the World Title, and then there's this scenario. Pipe goes, starts in four-foot pipe, you know, ever gets a few waves. Felipe does a couple of backside hacks and a little spinner at the end. The next day is 10-foot. He goes out and doesn't catch a wave. Mick loses in that round for whatever reason. And then Felipe wins the world title with a zero hit point total. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, you obviously have a relationship with Bruce Irons. You just posted an audio interview with him. Where will he finish in this pipe event? It's funny because I saw a, um, when I was sniffing around for some Instagram footage today, I saw a uh, Bruce getting away with a pipe, and he looked really, really good. But whether someone who can surf pipe, and who's obviously a great surfer, can translate that into heat, because it's, it's not going to be six-foot perfect pipe, probably not, you know. I mean, yeah. it could start six-foot perfect pipe. Yeah, he could. Who knows? I didn't think Mason was going to win a heat at um, Bells, and he beat Mick Fanning. And we had it on Beach saying so he's not going to win a heat. And I love Mason. He's my favorite surfer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. guy in the world. And um, but so anything could happen. So and Bruce sounds really good. You know, when I spoke to him, he sounded fantastic. It's. I mean, it seems to me that Bruce, though, if if the waves are not pumping, and again, it could be a Mason Bell's thing, but I just don't know what his motivation is to paddle for crap waves. Like I don't know if you're him, who cares? Like you sit out in the water and come in, and I mean, yeah, unless I, it's pumping. If it's pumping, though, I give him as good a shot as anybody. I, I if mean, it's pumping all the way through. Do you think Bruce could win the event if it's like classic pipe? But, Classic you know, pipe for three days. The surfing heats is so different to going out and just totally. getting the sets of the day. Sure, but if it's like, mm. but if it literally is like 
short interval, whatever. Like there's a lot of waves per heat, and it's and it's pumping. I reckon. I mean, would you think that Bruce could win the event? That would never happen. He could definitely, he could definitely win the event, but you can't discount people like Julian Wilson and Owen Wright and all these guys who you know are serving heats day in day out and who are amazing at pipe yeah. who can, who've got all the heat savvy and have got that desire that focus I can't imagine Bruce getting into a CT event and having that focus for whatever it is six heats or whatever to yeah. win a uh, contest but if he won that'd be a hell of a party <laughs> I, I agree like obviously we all want to see Bruce return to form you know what I mean but I don't know I don't see it happening just in his previous performances getting wild cards into various events including pipe he just doesn't deliver. You know? Part of part of me wonders though, if this time, if there was such a, if there was, I don't even think there was a giant shitstorm around it. It was just starting to swell, and then it feels like the WSL caved before it yeah. even reached a crescendo. Like it was a couple days of oh come on, and then a little bit of backlash of you can't gift wild cards to people. Come on, there's like people really hungry for that and blah 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 blah. But I wonder if there was enough kind of talk about it where Bruce feels like he has something to prove. Uh, slightly competitively like where he feels like I have to go get a couple scores just to prove people wrong not at I'd all I'd love to see that well, the thing with Bruce he's a physical phenomenon so he's, he's, he's almost not human I've seen him and he looks like about you know 150 pounds and terrible then other times you see him he looks like he's been lifting weights and a magnificent human species so I think he's got the ability to, um, to transform into whatever because he is, he is quite a freak and unrealized Freak competitively, I guess. Agreed. So who knows? Who I knows mean, what Bruce could do? And even when, like you said, he's even he has when he's, the constitution of a horse too. <laughs> well, even when he's thinner, I've never seen him out of shape. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's always fit. Yeah. So, um, all right. On a one to ten scale, how much interest do you guys have in the Big Wave World Tour? Uh, probably less than zero. What are you? Uh, you know, I'm going to say I have. Uh, like. Are you talking competitively? Like exactly. actually watch, watching heats? Watching heats less than zero. Like watching the bickering that those little housewives do back yeah. and forth is amazing to me. That's a like they're all on social media. Totally, they're yeah. such macho. I mean, they're they're modern day cowboys as far as I'm concerned. Theoretically, right? I'm not that interested in what they do. I mean, in terms of you know whatever big waves is it's it's it should be called the burger takeoff contest <laughs> <laughs> they find the biggest burger they can everyone just takes off yeah and the person who took off on the biggest <laughs> burger wins the contest yeah it's a very odd event it's to tour it is strange but the, what's stranger to me though is that is the hurt feelings and the poking and the rock throwing and the i mean yeah the whole thing about the times of mavericks like yeah i mean how do you kick twig out of that event which i i, I don't understand how you do that and pete yeah, Previously. I mean, Pete too, exactly. Yeah. But both of them are, you know, Maverick standouts. Pete's a Santa Cruz boy, and Twigs won the event twice, right? Totally. Yeah, and I don't know how you get so, your your panties so in a, in a bunch that you, you kick them out of the event. You mentioned all those big thumbs on the phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I don't know anybody who has any interest in it competitively. You know what I mean? It's, like, I'll, the Big Wave World Tour itself... I'll write when I, sometimes when I'm in the mood. I'll write that it's the one thing that'll translate to Middle America is big waves because people understand you see a little man on a giant wave, but that's not what they do in the in the competition is the thing I reckon. Like, and nobody's going to watch the event. No, no. Like it's a, one yeah. little clip for an advertisement selling Mazda is yeah. is good to or see. Tag Heuer. Yeah, sure. Tag Heuer. <laughs> one little man on that big wave is, right. is an impressive visual, but the yeah the. Competitively, it definitely doesn't work. I think okay. it's just the WSL wanting to own every tier. Yeah. Because do you get the WSL press releases? No. Nope. So they have Popped everything. The um, 
someone winning Chopu has the same hierarchy in, in your email as someone in um, the first round of the Taiwan contest. Oh, yeah. The girls' Chinese longboard contest right. or something. Yeah. So I just think it's them just you know owning everything. Yeah. You so think big ways? You think they'll come in and try to own Beach Grit Honolulu Bay Invitational? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, <laughs> lovely. Um, so same question on a 1 to 10 scale. How much interest do you have in the female world tour? Oh, I'm probably about a 6. Okay. I love watching Carissa. I love watching Steph. A little bit of Lakey. Um, Tyler Wright sometimes if it's a bit of a runner mm-hmm. I like watching Tyler but Carissa Carissa could watch as much as the, way more than some of the men agreed Carissa and Steph she's, those guys are wonderful I think I have a, I have less interest in the title race of the women but I have you so like title race for them it's like a four but the but watching the women's events it's like a six or seven I really like watching them surf Coco as well Coco yeah, suddenly Coco's a, really good Coco's so fun Malia yeah. is looking great yeah. I would say yeah um, in some, I think in some cases their heats are funner than the men's heats yeah. to watch. Uh, but it, yeah, the, their title race is not as compelling because it just seems like there's a there's a real difference between the top three women. There and, really is, yeah, yeah, and then the rest of them. So the men's WCC should be down at twelve service. The women should be down at three. Yeah, totally. Which would be amazing, incredible. And they, if they could slot the women into the like really give yeah. the women the primo wildcards. And exactly, if you slotted them in, I wonder how far away that is from a woman surfing. In the men's, Carissa's done it. I know she yeah. has, but but like really doing it regularly and actually yeah. knocking men off, like You're pretty good, and and beating them in contests. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah, I agree though in that um, Carissa head and shoulders basically above everybody else on that tour. Like it's crazy how good she is and just how enjoyable she is to watch, and almost not even. I'd add Stephanie to this, but almost not comparable to the men. In a way that there's just more grace and fluidity and just it's its own thing, you know, yeah. it's, and it's beautiful. It's like I'm a huge fan. Yeah. The, the women, you know, Carissa and, and Stephanie actually have an individuality to their, to their styles. Very true. Where the man can be so coached and because, because of the very nature of um, competitive surfing, they have to hit every single pocket and have every single lip. But because there's so much leeway in the women's surfing, because there's, there's no, there's, there's, you know, there's three world title contenders or four world title contenders, really. A woman can miss a couple of sections and do a beautiful cutty yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot more individuality, I think. Especially at a place like Honolulu, where they're at now, it's like that wave allows a lot more, I don't know, you have to pace with the wave specifically. Like we were talking earlier today about Tyler Wright got a wave where it's just like flow. You know, like no major maneuvers, but just like radical down the line, flowing and pumping. She got barreled. She came out and she did a little bit of a turn. She got a good score for it, but there wasn't any like radical surfing on it. Yeah. You know? Whereas the guys don't really get to surf waves like that. They always end up surfing super critical. Did you watch any, any of Sunset yesterday? No. When was it? I was watching the women when Sunset ran. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sunset's such a, f- every time I see it, it's such a funny wave to watch yeah. people compete on, I reckon. It well, is, I, yeah. I watched um, Joel Santeo's like nine point yeah. or three point or eight point nine three, I think is what it was. Yeah. And it was, it was like crazy drop. And then he's out on the shoulder and just does like this cut back into the whitewash that was way out on the shoulder. Pumps, little turn, banks off the whitewash. Eight nine three. It's you know, it's really funny. Yeah. Remember that? Um, was it Joanne Defay? We, we put a little clip up on um, Beach Grit and said, this, said is this is a nine point out in women's surfing. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, she kind of did one turn and then yeah. got in the guts again <laughs> yeah. for the inside section, and then, then I got a stern email from yeah. WSL. Oh, really? did you? Please remove the video. Oh, yeah. Did you remove it? Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm so terrified. What, what are you terrified incorpor- about? We haven't incorporated the company yet, so okay. if, if we get sued, I get sued. Okay, well, we'll get back to we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, you guys haven't written about Alana Blanchard in months. 
what's going on, dude? Uh, she doesn't interest me at all. She seems like a really nice girl, and she's a pretty good surfer and middlingly attractive, I think. Well, you know, we, we've only read about her, I think, when maybe Ashton wrote about the um, Ashton Goggins, who's now at Surfer Magazine. He wrote about the uh, the nude pics. I mean, yeah. I looked at the nude pics, enjoyed them briefly, and that's a Lana Blanchard for me. Yeah. Nice girl. But I feel like she's fallen off the map a bit. Maybe, it, yeah. It's, there's something about the, uh, and not specifically speaking to Lana, but a little bit, like the, like those surfer girls selling the sex, I love it. I love them being sexy and all that. It's, it's totally great and awesome. But some of them just aren't very sexy. Mm. And I think overplay it because they're sexy compared to other surfer girls. Totally. And so we'll overplay the sex thing and then accidentally price themselves out of the market because you're not actually crazy, wildly sexy. You're sexy for a surfer, mm-hmm. which I think is is two different things. Where I think, for example, Coco Ho is way sexier in so many ways. You know, she obviously is athletic and whatever she is, but there's something about Coco's vibe that is way sexier than, say, you know... Yeah, one of the ones who just who's always pushing this kind of over, overly sexualized I'd thing. say more than Alana. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, has Julian Wilson's engagement to Ashley O dashed his title dreams? I don't think so. I think I, I think Julian's so yeah. I think Julian's got a title in him, but I think it's going to be. I think he's entering his his title prime, not not quite yet. He's still a little young, right? No, he's twenty seven. I know, but I think the. Uh, I was talking to Bart, Julian's yeah. brother, the other day, and oh, I think that insider trading. Yeah, I do have insider trading. Dude. That Bart was looking. I think <laughs> at the next. It was either these next three years, the year after this, the next three, which which. Uh, historically has been the prime for when when the men really you know blossom when they okay. flourish and yeah I I mean I've been I've been bullish on Julian for a couple years now but I really think he's going to put it together he's, I, he's, he's phenomenally good his technique is so good but then we saw at Snapper when Felipe just made him look stupid yeah, yeah. but I just he looked, he looked heavy because because Julian's Julian's is such a um, beautiful technique that you take off it's a big bump and big hack and then there's an air when it's necessary but he doesn't have that take off and ah uh, ah uh, fly down the line it's, yeah. it's true but I wonder if there's going to be like I don't know if he even, even almost puts a little more like man muscle on where his big turns he's, he's become, big he's a big boy he is big but even a little bit more like of just that like because he really does surf so pretty and if he's, he's like just like a very big man huh yeah I do I do like a big man I mean look at Dane's turns though like yeah. Dane's just Kerr's lightweight where it's just so thick but it's like that was that his turn at sunset where was that the Hollyiva Hollyiva oh, yeah, the, the recent one the, um, the, I mean was it Hollyiva like the one from a year or two ago Hollyiva yeah no not a year or two ago it was this It was this year where he just smashed the lips so hard and you think it. like he almost Dane it seems almost brings equal force as the wave yeah like where you have however many kilotons of energy coming in yeah where I feel that Julian with a not as much as Dane quite but a bit more of that I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he'd go on a rail, like tick off three titles in a row. Like I agree with your guys' assessment of Julian surfing, and his time is it's going to happen. But the question is, is it a distraction? Is no. is getting married a distraction? I think you know? I think it's a, I think it's a distraction for Jordy. I think yeah. when Jordy married, what's her name? Lindo. Yeah, Dream Girl, and Jordy's just so happy and good for Jordy, happy in love, and that's yeah. awesome. But I think I get the feeling for Jordy. The fire went out. Yeah, Julian's psychotically competitive. Yeah, I think so too. I think okay. I think Fair Ju- I think it's in Julian's. I don't think it just is who Julian <clears throat> is. I don't, I don't think you know when people talk about they have a few world titles and whatever. It seems like unless Kelly Slater or Andy Irons or Mick Fanning, there's a certain something, 
and that a lot of those guys just don't have it. They can surf amazing, they can be psychotically competitive, but this is something in those particular men. Agreed. And all that matters, well, they would throw themselves off a bridge for an extra world title. Yeah. And you think Julian has it? I don't know, but I think he would have had a world title by now if he had it. I don't Get, think. I'm, I mean, we could. We should come back again in three years and yeah. have this Derek, same you conversation. Derek, egg on your face. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> it's because, it, or either I'll have egg on my face. Yeah. But I'd, I'd really go all in. I'd put my wife's house on, <laughs> on Julian Wilson and put my wife's bonus on it <laughs> in three years. Um, so that leads me into Kelly Slater. Like talking about distraction, I feel like that's been Kelly's nemesis this year. It's just he's got so much going on outside of competitive surfing. Do you guys think we'll see him in 2016 competing again? I think he can't stop. I think he's gonna. I think he's Kelly's problem is he surf snapper. And unless when they stop giving him a wild card, yeah. or I mean, if he'll be he'll be on tour by himself. But even if he like if his if his rating doesn't doesn't guarantee him a place. If they don't give him a wild card to Snapper, then he's not going to get out for Bells, and then he's like, by then it's uh, he's not going to go to Margaret, and yeah. then it's then it's too late. But it's yeah, if Kelly surfs Snapper, he's going to continue to surf the tour on some level. I think. I think I think the tour has been particularly cruel to Kelly, waves wise. I've watched him in probably six contests this year, have to surf in the shittiest waves, and it's like you know LeBron or someone having to surf in this crappy pothole court against some young hotshot from the area who just knows the court really well and just, just watching this great surfer just surfing two foot paltry mush but like, you, know, you know when he went to Portugal he's going oh please don't go to Portugal or France you're going to surf a horrible heating and shitty waves and he, you know, heard, you know the forecast was good but he ended up just having those shitty heads yeah. and it's, um, it's, it's sad to watch because Kelly belongs in eight foot chopu. Yeah, but and I, I think there's something. But I think the Kelly, the undistracted Kelly, would beat any hotshot, any local hotshot on his home court. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so anymore. I think so. I, I think, think he's so beatable in um, four foot and under, like um, against Felipe. Kelly can't beat Felipe in anything under four foot. See again, I'll I'll put my wife's house on it. If you took her punch you right in the nose, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> if you just step out, we are outside. <laughs> if we took perps and outer known and everything else away from Kelly and said you have to you have to win one more world title to be the greatest man alive, you just don't do any of this other stuff. You, and because literally, I'm dangling greatest man alive. Mm. Everyone will give it to you. Uh, that he would go win another world title. I don't think so. I think he's going to be lucky to finish fifth or sixth this year. This year, for sure. And, and next year, if he gets fifth or sixth next year, he should be stoked. T- totally, except for the fact that I still think he's got a couple more in him. But I think to your point, you're right. You'd have to take away perps and Everything outer known and all that, and because yeah. ju- that is the distraction. For I him, think so for too. Sure. I think I think that he's he's not surfing up. He's failing in those in those conditions, partially because he's he's been dealt a cruel hand, but also partially because he's not invested. He's distracted. I think I think he'd like to hear that, but I just think his time has passed in four foot and under. See, now he's going to hear that. And he's going to hate me, and I'm raging I, I love back. the man. I think he's the <laughs> loveliest man, even though he's liked me and disliked me over the years. And I've never stopped being a fan. Even when I was in Andy Irons' corner, I secretly wanted Kelly to win. Yeah. Even if I'd be sitting next to Andy, yeah. going, I hope you win the world title, Andy. <laughs> going, come on, Kelly. Come on, Kelly. And yeah. every year I have a hierarchy of who I, want to win, who I want to win the world title every year. Kelly Slater, number one since 1992. Yeah. Yeah, we're all fans. How can you not be? You know? Have you guys bought any outer known clothing? No. Oh, I've never seen it in the store. Yeah, I wouldn't know where. I would. Online, probably. I mean... Yeah, I'm not an I'm not an online shopper. That's the oh, problem okay. with me. Are you an I online see. shopper? I all, I never go into stores to buy, yeah. but I kind of feel weird buying surfish brands without a discount code or some kind of yeah. right. discount. Yeah, only because I just I just feel fucking odd spending three hundred dollars on a 
on a jacket when if if John or Kelly was nice, they're just gonna be like, discount code, I get it for two hundred, I'd do yeah. that. Yeah. But otherwise I'll stick the seller on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's get into Derek. <laughs> I sound like a rapper then. I think the, the Saint Laurent. Yeah. I got my Saint Laurent's got my newbound sneakers. Shit. Mm. Straight out of the CPT. Let's get into your history a little bit. Tell me about your professional background and the events that led to launching STAB. I know oh, you have okay. writing background, obviously. And sure. Yeah. Uh, I've got a double major in literature and journalism. Okay. And uh, when, I, when I was 20 or something, I got a job at Surfing Life magazine in, in, on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Ended up working with Tim Baker, yep. surf journalist, and uh, edited that mag for a while. And then while I was there, I got poached to start a new magazine in Europe called Surf Europe. Mm-hmm. So when I lived in Hostigal for two years and launched Surf Europe. And then after that, I, I mean, I would have lived in France the rest of my life, but I couldn't get a visa. It's really hard. I should have just, you know, wandered across the border. Yeah. yeah. Crone baby and shit. <laughs> and, uh, and then I came back to Australia and I worked for a big men's magazine there. And while I was there, a friend of mine, Sam McIntosh, two friends of mine, Sam McIntosh and, and Campbell Milligan, uh, they were working at Waves and they were, they were relaunching Waves and they wanted me to come along and work with them. And, and yeah, I was just kicking around. Had a bit, I was still getting a retainer from Surf Europe. So I thought, yeah, it'd be cool. Hang out with some buddies. And then we're there for, I was there for about a year, and Campbell went off and did Monster Children. And Sam and me spoke about doing a men's magazine, and um, it was going to be called Beef. And we actually, we actually sold really? the, yeah, we ended up selling the, um, the whole business plan and name and everything to a big publishing company in Australia for some stupid amount of money. And, um, and then they didn't want to pay because they didn't like it. And we said, cool, we'll just start the magazine ourselves, and they paid. So I thought we'll do a, um, a surf mag. And at the time, another friend of mine came to me and said, you should do a... 30th anniversary book for Billabong coming to 30 years big great business opportunity so I said yeah that's a good idea so we went to Billabong we said it will cost you $350,000 for us to make you 20,000 books and they said yeah sure no worries here's the check boom really and so for the next six weeks I did this book and we came out of it with a quarter of a mil and then we launched Stab and we just we just fucking mowed through that money yeah just mowed through that money stupidly <laughs> going on stupid trips and giving money to everybody and and you know, some months we go. You know what? We should just print an extra ten thousand mags for an, you know for an extra forty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, so right, stab stab um, stab started in two thousand and three, but the first issue was launched January two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing stab, I read Charlie's stuff in uh, Vice magazine. Mm-hmm. Contacted him and asked him to write some stuff for us. And then we had this long relationship stab of because I was doing the creative Sam was doing the business my business partner Sam McIntosh so um, I was getting chased to write pretty much the whole issue which is so good for me just come in it was great we had a lot of political content we did that for years and years and years and there came a point in the business relationship with stab where I wanted to stay friends with Sam and get out but still do the creative so I sold out as it turned out too early apparently yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then um, but um, you know as in regards to that we can talk about that later anyway sure yeah and so um, I sold out and kept doing the creative and then in January 2014 I realised it was time to carve out a, a piece of uh, online real estate mm. and I could see that everyone was just aggregating and there was no original <laughs> only use a buzzword here authentic yeah <laughs> original voice and I knew I knew how good Charlie was and it, Charlie's really good and he's prolific and, uh, and I can and I can just sit there and write shit too so I uh, thought we can do something and then um, came up with the name got someone in Poland to, um, to build the site and then last August so August 2014 after me and Charlie had uploaded and done a couple of hundred stories or a hundred stories or something we, uh, we pressed the go button awesome yeah so it's been going for one year yeah I've been a big fan ever since um 
Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We've seen just recently with Stab being purchased by um, SurfStitch, uh, like some advertorial changes in the way, like especially on StabMag.com. I don't actually read the print mag. Um, I don't have access to it. But I'm just curious what your thoughts on are on how they're doing that and how they've navigated that and integrated surf stitches, you know, objectives into um, the platform. And um, I would turn Beach Grit into one big fucking advertorial for that kind of money. <laughs> would you? I would give a shit. Do you feel like they've <laughs> lost some? I mean, I feel like they've done it fairly well. I notice it. I don't know that everybody would notice the things that they're doing. Yeah. But do you feel like it's um, like they've lost some integrity in the way that they've done it? Well, or? you know, none of us are the Washington Post. You know, so it's just everyone's just trying to make a buck, and you know. I think when I when I first heard of the of the marriage kind of between Magic Seaweed and Stab and Surf Stitch, I thought genius. I mean, I have nothing against yeah. you know corporate interests and selling clothes. I love clothes, and I would love you know for a for a kind of a surf online retailer to actually smash it. Uh, and it seemed like on paper to me, it seems really good. You have your wave forecasting thing, mm-hmm. you have your editorial thing in Stab, and then you have your uh, kind of. You know, brand that's selling the lifestyle. So you have different people pushing lifestyle editorially and you know practically, I guess, right. in terms of Magic Seaweed's forecasting, and then funneling to this is the look you want. And it's not a rude thing. It's not like you're, it's you know, you're building the dream, and then you actually have that's the dream. Free, there. Right? You go to Step Magic. It's free. It's not costing you anything. So you can just ignore the editorial and go to the good bits. You know, to, except yeah. for the except for the fact that I don't. I've not. Yeah, it seems ideally like it should work, and I would like it to work for them, and I just don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's working necessarily, but I have, I know nothing. But 
I feel like the parts that are working is like they'll add a uh, Channel Islands, you know, Dane Reynolds. You think it's a Dane Reynolds video, but it's really a Channel Islands video in the video feed. And, you know, it, it kind of goes under the radar, I think, oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a link to purchase boards, you yeah. know, or Which whatever. Is, I, I mean, to me, good advertorial, if it worked, would be amazing. And I, you know, not that it's not working there, I, and maybe it will work. And, you know, there, I think it's the sale just happened, right? So maybe yeah. it's going to take them a minute I think the only time it, gets, it, it crosses the line is when you have a long sleeve Quicksilver t-shirt and it's a post. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's when it crosses the line. But, you know, like I said, you don't have to look at it if you don't want it. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and uh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of important stories there for a long time. So right. it's just fun. You know, it's just a, just a fun kind of, you know, well-designed website with a nice voice and it's a good, you know, good go-to place to get your... You know, milk and potatoes. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen any advertising on Beach Grit yet, but do you want to talk about that or yeah, the sure. reason why you're out here in California? And um, Yeah, well, I've come out to California because it comes a point we, you know, we always had to monetize Beach Grit because as much as we love to write, our wives are still looking <laughs> over our shoulders. What the, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this isn't a hobby. And it's not a hobby, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, when we started Stab, you know, I was, I was doing the sales for that, but we had to build Beach Grit up to a certain level of traffic. I'm getting really good traffic now. We're as big as some, you know, established sites, you know, according to SimilarWeb.com. Sure. <laughs> so there comes a point. So I've come out to meet the marketing people and just to see what people want at the moment and what we need. So I discovered the word deck. Yeah. You need a deck. You do need a sales I'm, deck. I'm unfamiliar a brand deck. with that. So okay. yeah. press, if someone had said press kit, I would have gone, oh, fuck. I no, my, one of those my, my wife has been hitting me over the head about decks for the longest, for like months. Like, where's your deck? Where's your deck? Where's okay. your deck? And I never asked Eric about where our deck is because I think I don't want us to do a stinking deck and... Me and Derek know what we're doing. Yeah. We're rebels. Yeah. So Derek came out and heard about the deck. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but to be honest, I love I love the sales thing. I love talking to people. I love hanging out. You go to, you know you go to the factory. They show you all the stuff. I went to Stance today. It was incredible. The, the, probably the most beautiful. Well, it's not probably. It was definitely the most beautiful workplace I'd ever been to. It was tennis, basketball court, yeah. personal trainer. Everyone you know is well dressed and you know seems really happy. And there's a chef and and you know and most of the people turn out to be your buddies over a period of time. You know, and you help them. You help them do their job and sell some of their stuff, and they give you some cash, and it yeah. actually works really well. I, mean, I think as edgy as both Derek and I maybe are, have been or are perceived to be in our different sort of paths and then our our shared path. Like, yeah, neither of us are. I mean, both of us are nothing but if we're not capitalists. And so, like, the idea of to me, there's just a better way to do it, and that's what I want Beach Grit to be. And yeah, I don't think the. Yeah, whatever we do, advertising wise, I, I mean, I would love, I love the brands. You know, the brands are why surfing exists in so many ways, and you know, the way it exists, and helping them just tell a better story to me is, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a win-win. Well, yeah, I think we can help. I think we can definitely help brands build themselves. You know, I think we can be, you know, really good brand builders. Yeah. So good. What does that new way look like? Do you think? What's What's the better way look like? For me, the better way it always looks like, I mean, and I've said it until I'm, this probably sounds cliche now. Maybe I've not said it here or to either of you, so it's good. To me, okay, it's the better way, the best way ever, and it went out of business, so it's obviously not the, the best way ever, is the Jay Peterman catalog. Did you ever read the Jay Peterman catalog when you were a kid? 
I'm familiar with it, but no. Yeah, so my mom, my mom was a big catalog person, and my household was not necessarily a magazine household. So these catalogs would come, and I would kind of read them like magazines. You know, you have your J.C. Penney's and your Sears, which uh-huh. that's not a very good magazine. But then the J. Peterman catalog would come, and all it was. Did you ever have you ever seen it? No, but I'm I'm, I'm listening to what it is. <laughs> the J. Peterman catalog. J. Peterman was a you know a company that like an aggregator, I guess. They yeah. aggregated stuff from around the world, okay. and would resell it. Uh, in the catalog kind of brand it their own you know they'd find interesting stuff and just put the J. Peterman tag on it and send it out and so you know in Seinfeld Elaine works for J. Peterman uh, but the catalog would come all it would be not a one picture in the magazine drawings of everything hand drawings of all the clothing or all the stuff they found and a story that only tangentially related to the piece of clothing they were selling so it would be like some jungle hat or something (laughs) drawn and then you know I'm there New York City it's hot, sweating. <laughs> Some piece of literature for every single product in that entire thing. And so you read this thing and you have this experience. And the J. Peterman catalog to me has always been the... And again, I went out of business, so clearly it didn't work. But Do you have any? Uh, yeah, I do. I have one at home. Oh, wow. It was the pinnacle of... I loved that thing. And it happened to be... It, it was all one thing, right? The selling of this product and me getting excited about the product, reading these stories about the yeah. product was all one thing. That wasn't. It wasn't artificial and it wasn't... You know, it wasn't this like bait and switch kind of thing where, hey, we're a cool, edgy website, but you know, in the back door, we're we're feeding you to some shitty site to buy a shitty product. Right. Where, to me, that's that's the ideal. It's products that we believe in. You know, and not only like it's editorial content too, but it's at some level, it's I love this one thing. It's all about curation, totally. And I want to, yeah. I want to, I want you to have this thing because mm-hmm. I do love things. We all love things. Totally. I think. I mean, I'm not a stinking commie. Like, yeah, I like things. Yeah, yeah it's like, things. like uh, Electric has these particular watches, like an, an old man kind of fighter pilot watch or something. Yeah. I love them. I love them so much. I've been hitting Electric so hard over the head because I want to push them. Yeah. I ain't going to push them for free. Yeah. Right. But I, yeah, I love them, you know, and I really, things you really believe in. You know, like Kelly um, you know, has a really cool little puffer jacket and a cool pea coat, that, that check pea coat. There's things like that. And Vulcan will have a great pair of trunks or yep. a great pair of jeans or something. So that's the stuff. We just want to curate it. Yeah, And we'll totally. present it really well. Because you go to GQ and you see everything and everything looks amazing. You want to buy all their stuff because they curate it really well. Mm. You know, they make jQuery look good. Yeah. That's, Interesting. I think that's what... I mean, that's the way I felt. And who knows what will happen <laughs> down the road. But yeah. to me, ideally, it's about moving one piece that you believe in as opposed to pushing a brand. I mean, like I like, you know, brands... Like I love Quicksilver, you know? And I love Quicksilver for what they've done and what they stand for. And I mostly love Quicksilver probably for the way I felt about it when I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And coastal Oregon you see that mountain in the wave and you feel sunny and warm even though it's freezing cold rain outside like there's something about you know attachment to the brand for me at least attaching to the brands as a way to attach to this broader surf culture which you know being removed geographically kind of from it I I could just love it through these things and then go surf freezing cold slop Oregon but still feel like I was part of this broader thing totally where uh, but in terms of you know being more kind of grown up, I think all the brands, all the brands have a signature product. I feel, and it's more about you know okay great Billabong's fine, but what's what's Billabong's signature product? You know what's the thing they do better than anybody else? Which right. and they all have that I reckon or okay. mostly. Total side note, um, John O'Hurley I think is his name who played Jay Peterman yeah. in Seinfeld. Yeah. I literally heard this week that he purchased the Jay Peterman catalog. It's so amazing. That is so totally he might be amazing. bringing it back. I mean, I, th- I think somebody somebody bought it. It went in, like it went bankrupt, and then it came out. It's so amazing that he owns it now, though. Yeah, because it's a absolutely. Yeah, I'll show you the magazine at home. It's an absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you, I mean, you can see him online. I think you can go yeah. on and click on old. That's so good. Do you guys? Um, 
I mean, do you still read Stab? Spend time on StabMag.com? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, you have to, I mean, I don't... I'm not one of those people... And when I started Stab, I never read the other surf mags. didn't even open them. But online, you do have to be... Someone might get a piece of news that you're not aware of. So right. you, you do look. But in a, in a kind of incidental way, you're not obsessed with it. And I don't... I generally don't read things. I'll just I'll click on things and I've got that, I've got that. Just, right. just you know, ticking, ticking my... Make sure uh, you're... Ticking my boxes, you know. I'll do just go through... Except for, you know, the nurse is a bit tough. But. Yeah. <laughs> I love Zach. But Zach's amazing, but... It's very disappointing. <laughs> I agree. Well, they've gone down a disappointing path. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't always there. Um, do you subscribe to any of the print publications Surfing? at this point? Any surf, yeah, any print surf publications. Um, I had Zimio for surfing and surfer, but they arrive in my email box. I'd never opened them. I didn't yeah. do one. Yeah. I, I get the Surface Journal. Do you? Oh, the yeah. Surface Journal. Yeah, yeah. Surface Journal. Yeah, amazing. Surface okay. Journal is, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, an, imp- that's an important vehicle for our sport like yeah. Surface Journal and Matt Warshaw are two treasures and I was, I was funny because I was at the journal today mm. and I went in and it was like a family they were all sitting around this long table and, and it was um, Steve Pesman and Debbie Pesman and Jeff Devine and Brennan Thomas and and um, and uh, Scott Hewlett and, those, and it was just oh my god you know, yeah. Steve Pesman the father of it all <laughs> but without you know without the Surface Journal and, and Matt Warshaw with the Encyclopedia of Surfing there'd be no one chronicling the history I'd also almost kick in Quicksilver like as and treasures and Pete Terrace and Pete Terrace is that a joke he, or? no seriously no. Oh, okay. Okay. His, his ability to um, groom photographers and I don't mean groom for um, obscene purposes <laughs> <laughs> his ability to um, you know create amazing photographers out of uh, <clears throat> you know little little weedy kind of things mm. <clears throat> I was looking at a, a copy of Surfing that Steve Sherman gave me I was blown because I hadn't seen a print mag in probably two years and I was blown away by the, the quality of the photography and the, uh, and, the, and the differing approaches by the different photographers and I know Pete Tarras has driven most of that so I think photographically, Pete Tarras is the most important person in surfing. I think you're right. Interesting. That's a bold claim. Um, I liked that issue. I'm assuming the issue you're talking about is the one that profiles different photographers yeah. and does. Yeah, I I haven't read a magazine in a long time either, and I opened that one the other day because I was getting my oil changed. That's the only reason, and I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed that. Um, you received some grief about that. Um, video you posted of Joanne DeFay from the WSL. You said they emailed you and asked you to take down the video. Well, I had a, I had a few I had a few doozies on there. I had um, Cowboys of the WS, uh, Jet Ski Cowboys good. of the WSL. I that missed that so one. I had all the, really um, good. And I had all the, uh, all the Jet Ski fails. Yeah. You know, in France, there's a couple. Yeah. There was one in Brazil, and it was so funny. Jet Ski Cowboys of the WSL was one of my it's favorite great, things we've done. Yeah. great title, by it the all, way. It all happened. That was your title, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's it good. was really funny. Yeah. It was really a funny clip. It was like Derek. I wrote the story just because I'd seen two two fails. I think it was in like one heat or one pretty close. Yeah, John John had one where he yep. came off the back, and then there's the other one where um, uh, maybe Julian. No, that was a Jadson maybe. Yeah, Jadson. Jadson was pumping to it, <laughs> and the guy just nosedived the ski. And you know, if you've ever driven a ski, you know how fucking easy it is to do that. But in front of everyone, the way it just yeah. went underwater. Like, yeah, it was amazing, and it was really funny. But then we had two. We yeah. had we had that, and we had Joanne DeFay, and then we had one more. We did, yeah. We had a triple. Oh, we had Kelly's Hail Marys. Yeah. And Which was uh, all, I mean, it was all positive, kind yeah, of. Like, except for two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's their gripe, and uh, why take it down? Like, why listen to their gripe? Well, you know, they, they do own the footage, so they do have... Oh, okay, so they, that's... It was WSL footage, but... Um, and I'm, I'm a fairly timid, fearful kind of man, so if anyone says, pull stuff down or I'll sue you, <laughs> I say, yes, I'll do it immediately. 
Can I get you anything else? Can I send you a t-shirt as well, my friend? <laughs> well, see, you don't, <laughs> Sorry, my friend. you don't seem like a timid person, though. Like, just looking at the website as a viewer, you seem pretty um, audacious. I well, I'll have a crack. You know, I don't mind having a swing. I don't mind getting the bat and having a bit of a swing. But, you know, at the end of the day, someone's seen it, and it, they'd all had their run anyway. They had probably had as many views as they're going to have. Yeah. And there, there is a thing called um, fair, fair usage, as I've discovered, after they can use... like. You know the jet ski driver thing. <clears throat> That's probably fine to use that. And if you're making just a comment about things, but if you're just running things wholesale, you shouldn't do it. So I think we were totally within our rights to do it. But if you know, if a man getting a legal letter and I mean, costing a thousand bucks to get someone to look at it, yeah, screw it. Okay. What's the most amount of grief that you've received for something that you've published on Beach Grit? Yeah. Uh. That's funny. It's a funny thing. I think is the fact that. I think Derek and I have been at the game long enough where we kind of know the stuff that's... I don't know. Maybe we don't. I don't know. We're pretty, we're pretty good at knowing the line. Where we can... Because we, can, um, we, we never... Inten- the whole thing is we never want to intentionally burn anyone. Mm. You know, and um, extramarital sex and drug use and all that sort of stuff. Totally off limits, I think. We never want to hurt, any, hurt anybody. But if something's funny, you know, if someone's a bit of a goofball or whatever, we'll play with it. You know, we like to, we like to play. So... So there hasn't been a, a big piss someone off thing since the McFanning thing, which was stab anyway. So right, I can't. I don't can't think we've any pissed anyone off, have we? I don't think at Beachcrest. No, no, that's surprising. Mm. I mean, one title that in the last month that I could just remember off the top of my head was "Is John John Florence Gay?" Yeah, and I opened is it he, up. He and is. How <laughs> <laughs> was the photo? That was your title. <laughs> great photo with John C. <laughs> Riley. Where'd you in find that thing? Oh, Derek. just just googled um, John John Florence. First one came out. I went, oh god, I have to, and I have to. Derek. Write John yeah, John it's, it's amazing. Derek is a genius when it comes to finding <laughs> finding the photos to use. Like, yeah, I always feel real bad when I because you know we're, I'm in California, he's in Australia, yeah. so I wake up first and publish something, and I'm always like, oh, if I have a good story, especially, I always think Derek could have found such a better picture for this. You can replace I'll, it later. I mean, yeah, but it's kind of a bummer. I always feel like once you kick it out and make it live, then even if Derek replaces it later, yeah. it's still it's like because it goes on Facebook with the yeah. original photo. Yeah. Well, what about? Can you just use any photo that you find on Google Images? No, theoretically no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you know, if it's um, generally if it's if a company owns it or it's a, some photographers we know, yeah, then it's generally okay. But yeah. I'll always ask someone. Yeah, but like that John C. Riley photo, I can't imagine where that came from. Yeah, I think, so, I think it, it was a party photo. It would have been opening night party, and it would have probably been a probably been a Associated from, Press. Yeah, I think I think I got it from a newspaper or something. Yeah, okay, Those but but that, that story was about uh, it wasn't anything to do with John John Florence being gay. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with me. And actually, there's a lot of awesome things about being gay, and I could I could sit here and list them all night. <laughs> but the whole thing was about keywords that get you to get you to beach grit. Yeah. And we have a little, you know on Google Analytics, you see a little thing that says you know keyword how people are getting their site. One was is John John Florence gay and landed at Beach Grit. Yeah. So well, that's a funny one. I'll write that. And there's other things like big black studs, white pussy, and yeah, and all these odd things. And you get to Beach Grit. Yep. I found that article actually really compelling. Like I read <laughs> yeah. all of it and I was like, wow, this is fascinating yeah. information. That, it's totally awesome. It's all true. Like, I mean, Derek and I both go back and forth the show, like just screenshotting and, you know, tossing over the, the stuff that yeah. get people to our site, which yeah. is so weird. I don't know if it's because I, in the early days I was just doing some funny tags yeah. you know, in, the, in the back end you tag sure. stuff and I was supposed to probably write black cocks and what it's John Drew Florence gay ha 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 but I would argue if you type that in to Google search there's a million websites yeah. that would pop up before yours sure. you people, know what I mean it's people, weird people go deep people I are guess looking, so yeah. you know what I've done some funny links when I've, when I've mentioned certain people and made hot links and I've made it to gay websites uh, really yes oh, I'm going to do more of that now 
Like sorry, it. sorry, Peter Terrace. It's been some funny ones for you. Um, the comment section is something that on stabmag.com has become like an attraction in and of itself. It's almost the primary attraction for me. I'll just go straight down to that and read that instead of watching the whatever the video is or whatever. Um, and a lot of those commenters I now see on Beach Grit, they've transitioned over. Is that something that you have any interest in policing at all, or do you let it run rampant, or what are your thoughts on it? No, I mean, for me, I've never been interested in comments. Like, it's funny, especially, you know, I think Stab kind of kind of birthed the, the, the livid commenter, kind of where people would just go apeshit. You know, and when I first started writing for Stab, and I think I started writing for Stab before there was actually a stabmag.com, but I remember you know, whatever I had on there first, and I'd look at it and there'd be like a hundred comments of, you fucking fag, and you fucking gay, and everything, and I thought that was funny, but, like, it, it just seemed real pointless to me, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's funny, this, this real rage is funny, but aside from that, it's utterly pointless, where, oddly, Beach Grits, when we started Beach Grit, there was no moderation on the comments, but it seemed like people just wanted a different tone, and I learned more learned early days more from our comments than I did from any other surf website. Like I would get on, and people were having, you know, for my money, super highbrow, interesting conversations, being really funny, really witty, uh, being, you know, edgy, but never falling over into just utter kind of crass ugliness. Right. Where I really totally loved the way our comments, and it was you know purely natural and then recently one of our one of the old stab commenters negatron uh is is he moderating yeah he's moderating <clears throat> he um he emailed me and you know said he wanted to <laughs> so funny there's, there's people who've got a career out of comment commentating but um he's a smart guy and uh, he's written a couple of things for us i've seen but he said you know he wants one wants to get out of the stab forums the stab actually made him commentator of the month or something comments of the month and but he said he wanted to create a forum on uh, beach grit where people could have really cool conversations, but if anyone was being a dick, they could just clip them. Because, you know, Stab had just got all these odd people, and, and I think non-English-speaking people said, no, you're racist. No, fuck you, Aussie. You yeah, know, right, sort of thing. Right. And uh, it got pretty ugly, I think. And um, so this guy, Negatron, he just watches it, you know, he just sits at the back, and he'll put comments in, and he'll, he'll drive the conversation. It's just like having a, uh, you know, a cool guy at the party, just kind of making sure everyone's doing the right thing. Interesting. It, it seems to me like the comment game has evolved beyond just a, like the fuck all democracy that stabs was yeah where you know just de- i think it just devolved into something that I mean, people made people names like themselves it. on that they did and it's yeah. great and, but i think it i think people don't want that anymore i think they can get that from stab if you want to go on and just have a full shit fight with a bunch of random strangers stab exists and that's and that's good for that but i don't think there needs to be another one and i'm if, if beach grits would have become that i would have clipped our comments altogether because because I have no, I mean, there's yeah, it's a, ugly. You know, fighting, fighting is never pretty. Yeah. Well, no, but there's elements in it that are interesting, and I don't, I don't like the negativity for negativity's sake. But there are, there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah, there's, as nothing, well. there's nothing wrong with negativity. When this is dumb, yeah, just swearing at each other. This, right. this is dumb. That's not fun. Right. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm really into negativity. Like I was telling Chaz, I'm into the power of neg- negative thinking, hmm. and I've written about the power of negative thinking. You know, you've written a story about teaching your daughter to give up, yep. give up early. So there's a there's a big thing you know in Australia and, and really I think we got it from America. You can't be negative. You got to be positive. You know, but negative can just be having a, a different opinion. Right. It's not necessarily. But if you can articulate something really well, yeah, it's it's great to read. You know, I like I like to read things on the far right and the far left, and then squish myself somewhere in the middle. Sure. Which which is a, like I. Yeah, at this point, I've I've come, I've grown so fond of Beechcrit's comments mm-hmm. that I will like Negatron. I'm so thankful that he's there doing that job because I, 
it would really hurt me at this point if they turned just pointless and dumb. Like, because yeah. I really get on there and enjoy reading reading the repartee and you know people going back and forth and both you know discussing whatever the topic of the of the piece is. But then also, yeah, I mean, it's a it seems like it's a fun place. We have for some me. we have some great guys. There's one guy who's a hip university professor, Marianne Marianne Hess. Yeah. How do you say Mariano? Mariano Landa. Yeah. Landa. Landa, yeah. yeah. He's, he's amazing. Is he a university professor? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and there's, um, you know, Super Junior and, well, you know, all, all these people. Um, what's some of the other guys? They're really funny. Uh, there's so Megatron many. Yeah. Long Tom. Yeah, Long Tom's amazing, yeah. Um, what's Negatron's background? Uh, he's a plumber from New Zealand. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. But those, you know, often those guys who are a smart man who's a plumber, but they just love everything surf and they examine everything yeah. and have critical opinions and a really critical eye. And because uh, they're just everyday guys, uh, and they're not impacted by what the surf industry is doing or right. what people are emailing us, they can have a really cool take on stuff. Yep. I, like, I, like, I really like reading them too. Had yeah. you advertised his role in the comment no, no, section? No, because no, no. I had never heard that. No, that's he just, all news to me. He'd, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd like to moderate your comments. And I'd say, oh, I can't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, somewhere down the track, I will. Though. But that's important. I mean, I'm glad to know that now. Like, that, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, because it has taken on a life of its own, and that's now kind of a new direction. Yeah, I mean, you know? we always hoped that the comments would take off, but it's like opening a store. You know, people don't know you exist, and we didn't spend any money in marketing. Right. So it's, it's been great that, you know, commentators from Stab have come over and they've talked about it, and they've, you know. Yeah. I've really liked it. Um, <clears throat> you guys kind of have evolved platforms in your career from like print to digital, obviously, but. Um, even digital's evolved since you've launched BeachGrid in the last year, I suppose. Um, are there any limitations with this current platform, or in what ways do you want to expand BeachGrid? I think, I mean, yeah, a video play is going to be kind of the next evolution of BeachGrid, doing you know original video content. And I think Derek and I both have things that we want to do and cards up the sleeve uh, about how that'll look and feel that'll be way different from anything out there right now, which I think that's the next which is you know it was it was in the works from the start and I'm I'm super thankful frankly that we've had this much time to kind of build a tone that I don't think necessarily existed at the start I think Derek and I grew into the tone that Beach Grid is sure. you know over over this year right like yeah we just wanted to be antidepressive that's the yeah. whole thing and it, and it is to me it it is, is, yeah. like even when we do funny stories that are you know like Rory the the third kind of third kind of leg of a beach grit he can rory's negativity like or him looking at stuff you know a little more darker maybe than either derek or i and i naturally look at stuff is is super funny and compelling yeah, he's a john fanta yeah totally yeah. You know, and it's but it but even rory's stuff is antidepressive on to yeah. me on the beach grit forum where typically you know if you stick stuck rory's stuff i think on just out there you know people think oh he's an angry right. kind of man who's right. You know, kind of living the dream a little bit, but a little bit angry at at a lot of things. But yeah, in Beach Grit, to me, it, it reads even, and maybe I'm I've drunk our own Kool Aid too much, but it seems that it's not very depressive. Like it just no. seems funny. It seems like it's Rory. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey! 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And yeah. you know, and you know, just go back to Rory, Rory Puckett, and uh, <clears throat> the guy's incredible. Every single day, he can he can write print worthy copy. Really? Yes. I just go, fuck, really? That's so good. And sometimes you know, because he does it every single day. Yeah. Without fail, he's reliable and he's so fucking good. And he gets he gets more um, hits from from people that I hear or email like Rory this, Rory that. Hmm. You know, and I'm like, he ain't that good. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Kauai, right? He's in yeah. Kauai, yeah. Yeah, and he's not the pro surfer Rory Parker from no, the '90s. It's different not. Rory Parker. Yeah. Okay. Um, It'd be nice if he was. I wish that he was a pro surfer from the '90s. Yeah, <laughs> be a better part of the story. <laughs> um, I love the Blood Feud series that you guys have introduced. That's always awesome. <laughs> There's been some good ones, so I always appreciate that. Um, it's like you take this super mild social media disagreement and turn yeah. it into something Blood super feud. massive. Yeah. <laughs> the Ricardo Toledo one was funny. So good. Who was he feuding with? I forget. <laughs> Alex Gray. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, That was yeah, an early yeah, one. Yeah. That might have been the first one. Maybe, yeah. I might have been the I think it was, actually. And yeah. then there was a long period where I feel like there wasn't another one, maybe. Because it yeah. wasn't meant to be a series. Right. It was just a headline. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then anything after any two people or any entities yeah. fighting after that. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, it took a while to get up yeah. to be a series. But that's one of my favorite things, too. Well, one of the recent ones was, like, Jay Alvarez, who I didn't even know who that was, yeah. and then Ethan Carlston, yeah. who's from San Clemente, yeah. who I've known since he was young. That's really funny. But then, like... I haven't seen him in a couple of years and then I saw that and I looked at his Instagram and he's got like tens of thousands yeah. of followers I'm like what how did this kid get so famous and so angry and like weird now he's living in Bali yeah, and like the whole weird. thing was that crazy. one I don't I don't mean to out the source but I don't think there was there was nothing there was nothing particular in there that would get the source in trouble right no it was just I don't know. two pretty boys it was Pete Terrace I'd never <laughs> heard my uh, my daughter or stepdaughter 14 years old Loves Jay Alvarez or don't okay. love him, but you yeah. know follows him. So I had been aware of Jay Alvarez and his girlfriend, or whatever. Like Alexis she had shown right? me, yeah, Alexis. She had showed me their stuff, and like this is what the kids are, you know, that's what the kids are looking at. So okay. I was vaguely aware of him. And then Pete Tara sent me over. Look at this, like a screenshot of uh, Carlston going off, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Who is this guy? And so then I had to Google it and figure it out, and then it was yeah, it was super funny. I yeah, love we got three or four out of it. Oh, we yeah. built that one so yeah. good. That well, one, I'm sure we'll get a fifth one too. That one's not yeah. done yet. Ethan yeah. surfed incredibly well, like yeah. as a teenager, like he was awesome. You know, super nice kid too. Yeah. So, um, Chaz, uh, now some time has passed since your book release, maybe 18 months or yeah. something. Um, Long time. <laughs> Has there been any Hawaiian backlash since? No, okay, nothing. Good. I say, yeah, I mean, who knows? There, there could be some out there just waiting for me to say no, and then yeah. But I talk to Eddie fairly regularly, and we have laughs, and yeah, no, nothing. Good. Yeah, I'm all, which means maybe I guess it's not good. Maybe it just means that right. I, didn't, I didn't write the right book. They're so. lying in wait, maybe <laughs> yeah. you don't know. Either the lying in wait, or or that I I wrote a sissy book, and yeah, I didn't go far enough. What's next? Do you have anything in the works? You know, I, I thought I've had lots of things in the works, works for the last 18 months, and then I've kind of realized recently that Beach Grit is what it is, and I love it. It's like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's really, really fun, and it takes a lot of work, which mm. is, you know, I think it can may, maybe seem that it's just a, you know, a, a little funny piss take, but it's a lot of work, and yeah. it takes kind of a full attention span, which yeah. it's taken me kind of the year to realize that yeah. a bit, or yeah, I kind of realized that this summer, so... I'm I'm fairly just triple down on Beach Girl right now. Good for and, you. Yeah. I do that too oftentimes, underestimate yeah. workload, you know. Like even with the podcast, it's like, oh I could just layer that on sure. top of everything else and then it just You just can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't. And, and yeah, for something to be successful I reckon you if you're not all in, then yeah. you're not all in. Yeah. Um what's your current relationship like with surfing at this point? How often do you surf and I think I'm surfing the magazines. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I live at Bondi, so I'm a, you know, five minutes from the beach, and I surf pretty much every day. Good for you. It's pretty much my only exercise, and I'm so into the technical side of surfing. Like, I, I just think about it all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I love it so much, and, but, I'm, but I'm happy. I, know I don't drive around looking for waves. For me, it's not about perfection. So it's just going to go down the same beach every day and just working on technique mm. in a really fun way because it's so, so much fun. It's so much funner when you're focused yeah. and you paddle hard. And I took me until about a year ago to realize that it's just get out there and sit and talk shit with everyone else kind of be dissatisfied with my surfing mm. and then about a year and maybe two years ago i realized you have to focus you can't fuck around you paddle hard and you, and you, you know you try hard and you try different things and, and it makes surfing so much more satisfying awesome um you guys are both writers give me one reading or book recommendation doesn't even have to be surfing related you go first well oh. i think of something I'll give you the one Derek gave me that I read and just oh, would weep yeah. at every day. So I'm just going to steal it from you. <laughs> the Gallery. The Gallery, John Horn Yeah, Burns, John right? Horn Burns. It's the, ab- Say the title again? The Gallery. Okay. It's hard to find even a bit. I mean, you you can find it online, I'm sure. But it took me a dig. It was pre, I think when Derek recommended it to me, it was pre, maybe, I don't know, wouldn't have been pre. Remember it became Travis Ferro's favorite yeah, too, it's didn't it? so good. It's a, it's a br- yeah. You, I don't recommend very many books, but that one some bits are better than others it's kind of a uh you know collection of of short stories more than a a full kind of book narrative arc wise but yeah drove him mad and killed himself oh huh? uh, it's absolutely yeah it was so good that he couldn't he couldn't it's just it's like extraordinary it's just like welcome to paradise now go to hell book. yeah <laughs> so good that you can never match it and you just have to kill yourself what's the author's name john horn burns got it h-o-r-n-e Burns. Yeah, the gallery. It's, it's amazing. Do you have a recommendation of your own, or you? It's it's funny because I, I never have a book that I'll read again and again and again. But I think it's pretty hard to go past Lolita. Mm. I think that's this Novikov. It's just such a beautifully written book. And uh, and probably if I can give you two, if that's all right. Yeah, please. <coughs> uh, Menachem Begin wrote this great book about the Agun, the um, Jewish terrorist group um, in the in the thirties and forties. Uh, it's called called the Revolt, and um, it's about fighting the British and, uh, mm. and, the, and the Arabs. And for the creation of Israel, and it's such a stirring book, hmm. and such. And I think you know, after studying a lot of Jew or anything, but I've studied modern history a lot, and I think it's a righteous cause, and uh, it's such, it's it's so incredible to have terrorism explained in a way that seems compelling and righteous, and uh, and, yeah. I, and I and I loved it, and, I, and like I said, I've got no kind of bone to pick with either of those particular sides but I found it really really compelling yeah and a third book while we're there is Golda Meir's book My Life okay and that's mm. um, someone who's, who's you know was uh, terrified to go outside the door I think she was Russian or Ukrainian or something and moving to America and she was so thankful of living in America when she was young because it took him in and, and I looked after her and it helped create the state of Israel and I don't mean to be Israel centric but they're just really moving stories that I think people miss in, in our world yeah Excellent. I'll add those books in the show notes for any listeners who want to link out to them, purchase them. Um, who's going to win Pipeline? 
It's one of those things you can't really call it. I mean, earlier call in the, it, man. You gotta well, call it. Tell me what the waves are gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it's gonna be uh, Mick, uh, Gab- Gabrielle, or Julian. That's Mick. Really? I think so. But I'm praying for Felipe Salido. <laughs> You're praying for Felipe to win pipe or just win, oh, the, win love, the... To be honest, I love Felipe. He yeah. gets me so excited to watch him surfing. Yeah. There's no one else, no other heat I want to watch more than Felipe Toledo. Yeah. He, you know, just the way he just greases landings of his airs and... Oh, God, it's, it's going to... The way he lands his airs is so and The energy, you, know, you see it, it makes you want to go surfing. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm putting my money on John John. Oh, really? How nah. about that? Oh, John John. John John at pipe? Is he gay? I don't know. <laughs> I read an article one Someone time. Someone used to stretch for us. Okay, final question for everybody interviewed. What was the last surfboard that you rode? Me? Uh, Both of you. Me? Uh, five sixth super thinned out puddle jumper by Matt Bylas. Pretty much don't ride anything but Matt Bylas' boards. I just adore the man. Actually, just went snowboarding with him. Oh, yeah? And I just, and I just fall under his spell every single time I, um, I'm near him. I think he's wonderful. Where'd you ride that board? Here? Or? Yeah, I've been surfing Seaside every morning. Oh, yeah, cool. In Cardiff. Uh, I surfed last a... Sif, no, 510 Bull Shark uh, shaped by Vulcan. Which oh, okay, is a, yeah. Do you know Vulcan? I follow him on Instagram. It's amazing. Really interesting it's boards. amazing. Yeah, I saw one from Board Porn on yeah. Instagram. I uh, saw one and just, like, commented, I need that. And yeah. then, yeah, I got hooked up with him. The guy who shapes him is an amazing, amazing guy. So interesting. <laughs> Talking about uh, Seaside, surfing Seaside today, I saw Sherman posted, I think Sherman posted an Instagram of Curran surfing there this morning. Yeah, he was there. Was this, he, Curran was there this morning, then he was there this afternoon on yeah, Skimboard. I saw somebody else talk about or yeah Ollie Kurtz yeah talked about oh, surf, okay. surfing next to Curran watching Curran go straight is better than watching any of the top 44 <laughs> I today. missed the Curran bit I was there too early. bummer okay yeah he was riding he posted a photo of him on that skimboard oh, okay. had like a, not on it but with it and I'm yeah. like was he riding that thing but he had a leash attached to it so yeah, he right. had to have been surfing. Ryan Birch is out there too oh really yeah he's pretty good yeah surfer I mean I'm always interested to watch Ryan Birch surf. Yeah, it's always interesting. S- somebody sent me who. I was like, who's this motherfucking catching waves so early? Ashton. Ashton did a story on Beach Grid on Tom Kern riding that boogie board out oh, at did, uh, yeah. yeah in Mexico. M- yeah, and Max with yeah. like pants and yeah, a hat. Yeah, we totally weird. Yeah, so weird. But the way he surfed that boogie was looked so fun. I know. Legend. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank it's a, you. It's a pleasure. I'm flattered yeah. to ask this. Yeah, it's absolutely. Thanks, Thrilled to have it. Yeah. Right on. Thank you so much, Derek, for taking time out of your busy travel work schedule while you were here in the U.S. um, to sit with me for an hour and do this. And thank you, Chaz, as well. Always entertaining. Really appreciate you guys and the work that you do on BeachGrit.com. All right. And then come over to SurfSplendorPodcast.com. I'll have a link to Chaz Smith's episode of Surf Splendor. Um, And then... All the things that we discussed, all the media and images that we discussed in this show will be available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Also, make sure to leave a comment about today's show. Engage in this conversation between Derek, Chaz, and I. Leave your feedback for them. I will make sure to send it to them and make sure that they see it. All right. I believe that is all that I have for now. Um Get into the Pipe Masters event. Uh, it should be starting tomorrow from when we post this episode. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're listening to it later. But Pipe is happening. So we're psyched on Pipe. And um, the Piahi event was 
unreal, actually. And I'll get into that more with Scott Bass next week in Surf News. But hopefully you're enjoying the Hawaii season, and hopefully you're actually getting some waves for yourself. So until next week, that is what I encourage you to do. Paddle out, get a couple waves, and shred on. Cut the